Now, I know good and well that y'all know what that music means. That could only mean one thing, of course. Nothing other than, yep, that's that NBA on NBC. That's that old school right there. I'm not sure how many of y'all really know about that, for real. It's the Tate's Take podcast, man. Uh, be sure to follow along on social media at Tate's Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. That is on the IG as well as on the Twitter where basketball lives, hashtag where basketball lives, as you know. Man, super dope uh, episode coming up. I, I want to be sure that I throw out there uh, some really good stuff, man. We're going to talk just a teeny tiny bit about some high school. I know we don't get a chance to do that far too often. Uh, and not nearly as much college in this particular episode, the college, the collegiate level of, bas- of the game of basketball, but more so than anything, um, definitely had an opportunity to kind of shoot the breeze over the weekend at the 2020 NBA All-Star Weekend out in the frigiding, plummeting, temperatured, freezing, freaking cold, windy city of Chicago. Should have definitely expected that, and I did. That's why I dressed appropriately, but nonetheless, uh, had a had a great time and uh, had an opportunity to uh, catch up with a, with, with a few people and, um, and and definitely had a blast out there. But let's get to the NBA All Star Weekend stuff first. <clears throat> let's knock that out. Well, actually, you know what? Let's put that on the back burner for a second. Let's dip into um, this high school thing. And I'm not sure if you guys are very familiar with this dude. And and I just wanted to throw some little tidbits out there because I know that he had a really good game yesterday and that probably doesn't come across as much of a surprise to really just about anybody uh, that I would imagine, at least not that I think, unless you've been, like, living under a rock or something like that. But I will say enough to say that there's this kid out of Ypsilanti, Michigan. Spell Ypsilanti for me, by the way. I'm not sure how many people can really do that correctly, but out of uh, out of Ypsilanti, Michigan, goes by the name of Imani Bates. Won a state championship. He's 15 years old. Won a state championship last year the state of Michigan as a high school freshman, had the opportunity to catch up with him last year, entering his freshman year uh, in high school and just kind of chopped it up and caught up and talked a little bit about, you know, some of the players that he, um, you know, have been drawing comparisons to and who he kind of emulates and patterns his game after, ironically, Kobe Bryant, Tracy McGrady, amongst a couple others that he Here's, we hear so many things about the Kevin Durant comparison and things like that. So, um, you know, the I think one of the biggest things for him is just watching his game progress and watching his game grow. 63 points last night in a win over Chelsea in overtime. Was it 102-108? 104-108 um, in a two-overtime game. 63 points, 21 rebounds. I mean, that's absolutely absurd. I heard Kendrick Perkins on NBA The Jump the other day just kind of uh, talking a little bit about uh, players that making the decision to have the opportunity and have the 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 positioning to be able to go to the NBA straight out of uh, straight out of high school, uh, and while I think that they should have that opportunity, if not for nothing else, you can go and get a job at the age of eighteen years old, and you can go and fight for this country at the age of eighteen years old. So. Why can't you go and play on the NBA level if you feel like you are ready, you know, for that? I think one of the more interesting things that will happen is with all the IMGs and the Oak Hills and the uh, Montbirds and Prolific Prep and, uh, you know, uh, Huntington Prep, 
of of all of these schools, I'm just I, I I'm not sure if I should be surprised that he's not looking to transfer. Uh, is are his days numbered in high school uh, in terms of playing in the state of Michigan? I'm not sure. I think it'll be really interesting to see him stay home. I'm not really sure why guys decide to go elsewhere and play some of their basketball. I know a lot of it is political. So much money being tossed around in so many different, uh, from so many different directions and angles. But uh, I think it'll be really interesting to see him specifically. Uh, and maybe this is my Michigan bias coming out a little bit, but specifically for him, uh, seeing him play on that level, because I'm hearing people say that this kid is the best basketball player that they've ever seen in in high school, like ever, like ever on a high school level, which I think is crazy. And I can only imagine how the difficulty for a guy who's just naturally as talented as he is that uh, that he has to deal with in terms of being in the public eye at such a young age. And that's just part of it that comes with it. Uh, but I, I think that this is certainly a uh, – a comparison of someone that we haven't seen anything of this magnitude in terms of the hype that's surrounding him since probably LeBron James. Now, I know Zion Williamson probably comes to mind uh, uh, a, a little bit more uh, recently, uh, but I will say enough to say that, you know, this I had the opportunity to meet the kid, watch the kid play. The kid's a stud, six seven, long arms, the things that you just can't teach. And he's a phenomenon. That, that, that's exactly who he is, and that's what he is. And I heard Kendrick Perkins say, hey, this is a kid that at, at, at 15 years old, if he came out and went to the NBA, he would be a lottery pick right now, no questions asked, hands down. Um, and so I wanted to give him a little bit of recognition for his game last year. And I, I, I would hope a good friend of mine who uh, I went to school with in high school, at Waverly High School back in Lansing, Michigan, Marcus Taylor, who broke – Magic Johnson's scoring record. And I'm not exactly sure what that number is. I'd have to look it up. But um, broke that scoring record. And I can't do anything but think of if this kid Imani Bates decided to stay home uh, and play in Michigan, that he will pr- probably break that scoring record by far. Uh, a scoring record that Marcus Taylor broke by Magic Johnson is in the near future to be broken. So if you haven't heard of him, Go check him out. His name is Imani Bates, E-O-M-E-M-O-N-I. I could have sworn I won a spelling bee competition like three or four years in a row when I was in school. E-M-O-N-I Bates, B-A-T-E-S. And the kid is a stud, man. He's all over the place. And I uh, just kind of want to get a little bit of feedback from you guys in regards to what you think about his game. If you've seen him live, if you've seen the uh, you know, the highlights and things like that, I know social media is crazy, so it blows a lot of this stuff up. And uh, maybe not always out of proportion, but occasionally. But nonetheless, this kid is the real deal. And and I should have known it the day that I asked uh, 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 a, a high school coach if he's ever heard of this kid, and he just didn't even answer. He just scooted his chair back and just stood up and put his hands on his waist and just shook his head as he's walking away as if that was the dumbest question in the world. That's how much you guys really need to be up on Imani Bates. And this is a high school coach that coached some of – uh, the NBA's most recent, you know, rookies uh, in terms of early lottery picks even. Uh, so I just kind of want to put him on your radar. Now, with that said, I know I was going to talk a little bit about the NBA uh, All-Star Weekend itself. 
had a really, really great time, a grand opportunity um, to do some hanging out with the Young family, uh, Trey Young, Rayford Young, overly thankful and grateful and appreciative of the time that they took out and gave me an opportunity to experience something that uh, not a lot of basketball fans, let alone reporters and whatever else, what have you, uh, have an opportunity to to experience. And I mean, it was just, it was outstanding. It was awesome. Did a little bit of the nightlife stuff. Uh, I, you know, I, I engaged a little bit. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I did. I did. It was a. Uh, it, it was a good time. I can say that. That's probably all I can say. But it was definitely a good time, uh, and had some fun. But just realizing the life of an NBA player and just some of the things that I kind of peeped out in my own right. Uh, it, it's not. It's. It's. It's a business. It's a business. And when you're growing up as a kid, you don't always see it that way. You just think, I want to play basketball. I could do this all day. I could do this every day. When you start talking about the finances and the business side of it and having to make special appearances at different places and being on a really tight schedule and not having the opportunity to kind of just sit back and be a kid, I can only imagine it's kind of difficult. So I had the opportunity to sit down with uh, Rayford Young, Trey Young's dad, and kind of pick his brain a little bit and give a little bit of insight. And I didn't get a chance to get into all the meat and potatoes and questions that I would have liked to have asked at that time. Uh, however, uh, you know, I, I did get a chance to pick his brain a little bit, kind of help some parents along the way on how to deal with maybe if they have a prospect within their own household, their own kid, boy or girl, whatever the case, uh, on how to handle some of the you know, the, so, so some of the pressure and some of the stress and some of um, the scheduling and the telephone calls, because I swear that's what it was all All-Star Weekend. I mean, we're jumping in and out of trucks. We're in like 20, 30 different Ubers, you know, over the course of maybe not a day, but of, of the weekend itself. I don't want to overanalyze it uh, or exaggerate it out or, you know, stretch it out too much. But it was definitely very, very busy. And it's about keeping up. You know, you got to hit all these spots and phones are ringing off the hook and text messaging and you can't get to everybody and people pulling you from every which way, pushing and pulling. It's very, very difficult, a very difficult lifestyle to keep up with, let alone the player, the the, the management staff and, the, you know, as a parent and all that good stuff. So Rayford uh, did a good job at filling us in with some of that. Now I am going to get ready to go to that here in a second. So I just wanted to tease that and just let's just put that on ice real quick. Um, but before we go to that, just a little bit of my outlook on some of the competition. I was really surprised when we saw the skills competition to for it to be, what, I think eight uh, participants and there to be no guards left over. After the first round, we're looking at, what, four guys here, and they're all forwards. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis ended up meeting up with uh, Bam Adebayo in the championship of the skills competition. Bam Adebayo ended up winning, but I never would have thought – that that would be something that we could potentially see. So I think that that was really awesome and goes to show also the direction in which where the NBA is kind of going with stretch fours and guys who could do multiple things. Guys at the four and five position are not just playing back against the basket, you know, uh, style of play all the time. And so from that standpoint, I thought that that was pretty cool. It was my very first NBA All-Star, <clears throat> excuse me, that I attended. So I thought that, I thought that that was pretty dope. Uh, Trey Young, who I was obviously pulling for, uh, didn't didn't do so well, obviously uh, in the three point competition, um, but certainly ended up being uh, really good uh, competitive wise and 
you know, for Boomer Sooner, uh, I guess you could say, Trey Young did not make it, but Buddy Heel did, and he took home the uh, the three-point competition challenge. So good for Buddy Heald, and um, he was a guy that I was a little bit skeptical of on what kind of NBA season that he would, or NBA career that he would have. And while it's gotten off to a little bit of a rocky start, he seemed to have gotten himself a little bit more uh, into his zone and found himself from an identity standpoint, uh, and so that that has been working out well for him as well. Um, the dunk competition, man, is crazy. I remember seeing Aaron Gordon after the dunk contest, just looking at some of the things he did. Like, when you bring Taco Fall out there, you know that you've got to have some serious springs in the legs. I mean, it's you've got to be jumping over a trampoline or something along those lines because I can't imagine that it could get any in any more difficult than that. I mean, it's like jumping over, you know, the Sears Tower or something. You know, I mean, it's 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 just crazy to think. But um, I remember seeing Aaron Gordon after the All-Star uh, dunk contest. I said, yo, AG, like, like, what happened? Like, how'd you get screwed like that? And I think the consensus, most people would feel like he got screwed after doing some of the dunks that he did. Uh, and I was just grateful enough to, to and blessed enough to have been in the building to to witness it and experience it. Uh, and just all of its glory, because you're just talking about a little kid like me from Lansing, Michigan, who closed himself and locked himself down, you know, like Fort Knox, you know, in, in, in his room and just constantly watched all of these NBA All-Star games. Like back when the VHS was out and you, I would record the All-Star games every year. Like that's how serious that it was for me. So uh, to see him do what he did, I'm like, yo, AG, like how did that? He said, I couldn't do anything else. Like I just... I was out. Like, if I couldn't win with what I brought to the table on that on that particular night, on Saturday night, then there was just absolutely no way that I was good, that they were going to give me the win. And I kind of felt him a little bit on that. So uh, while it's still congratulations to uh, Derek Jones Jr. for participating and for winning the dunk contest, I still like to think that, you know, we should probably have some sort of a rematch of some sort. Nonetheless, yet still, uh, Aaron Gordon, I'm not mad at him for saying that he won't ever participate in the dunk contest again. So can't be too upset about that. Uh, in regards to the actual All-Star game itself, I think that uh, the purpose behind why uh, the format was put in place the way that it was, I thought was outstanding with the charity foundations and all that good stuff although I wasn't really a, a big fan of the format itself and the way that it was done with, you know, in terms of um, in terms of resetting the game in a roundabout way to the beat all the way to like essentially to the beginning uh, as if the quarters didn't happen. I wasn't the biggest fan of that, but uh, I think that the, the Kobe Bryant tributes and everything was really, really nice. And that's what that was one of the one major key components that I was really hoping that we would see and would happen uh, was that this All-Star game kind of gave that NBA Finals feel. You know, it kind of it didn't feel like an NBA All-Star game. Now, I know guys were still throwing lobs and goofing around a little bit to start the game as we got closer to the end of the game, uh, where fourth quarter guys typically play a little bit more hard. But in the memory of Kobe Bryant, I've said it many of times, I don't know if Kobe Bryant is going to go down as the best basketball player to ever live. Probably not in my mind ever, but yet still uh, inarguably one of the best for sure. Uh, but I think that there's another level of that or a, another layer of the onion to peel off of that, and that is to say that I'm not really sure how many guys we can actually say that we have seen has the competitive nature that Kobe Bryant had. 
Uh, and that's what I was hoping would ultimately rub off onto the NBA uh, All-Star Weekend and being capped off by the game itself where guys will play competitive brand of basketball. A lot of people paying a lot of good money, a lot of people viewership and watching. I want to see some guys really get down and dirty and slap the floor and give it their all and show what competitive nature is all about and kind of put on for number eight and number 24 as well. So um, that's that as far as All-Star Weekend. Uh, without further ado, like I said, I had an opportunity to kind of run the streets a little bit with the young family, seeing the way that all of this stuff operates, seeing the way that this stuff works, everything from pop-up shops to to, to, to to restaurants and the games and a little bit of nightlife. Again, keywords, a little bit <laughs> of nightlife um, and just picking his brain a little bit from everything that I had the opportunity to experience over the weekend. Again, over the uh, thankful and grateful that I had that opportunity. So without further ado, Rayford Young, a weekend in the life of our first-time NBA All-Star. With that being said, let's go ahead and get straight to the interview. Deshaun Tate, right back with you with Tate's Take, where basketball lives. You guys know that. Um, be sure to follow along on the Twitter, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S, Tate's Take Hoops, where basketball lives. As I teased a little bit earlier uh, in the segment, we got Ray Rayford Young. Uh, got kind of comfortable calling him Ray a little bit. <laughs> we got Rayford Young on the yeah. line, the dad of Trey Young. Just kind of want to pick his brain. Had a really, really awesome time having the opportunity to kind of get some experience in for myself and kind of learn the the ins and out of how all this stuff works. So this is more along the lines of the father of a first-time NBA All-Star, first and foremost, Rayford, how are you doing? And uh, happy, what is it today? Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you. Yeah, hey, how you doing? Happy Tuesday. Uh, glad to have, I mean, glad to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. So um, I want to go ahead and jump right into things. May ask you a couple of things in regards to All-Star and stuff like that, that uh, give some people an opportunity to learn a little bit about you and, and, and Trey coming up in his youth. Uh, that people may not necessarily be aware of. Now, one thing that I experienced myself, having the opportunity, being blessed, thankful, overly grateful to have the experience that I did with you guys over All-Star Weekend. Man, this is a busy life, dude. Like, this is like the real deal. I mean, we're jumping in and out of Ubers. We're taking calls and making calls. And you got family stuff. And then you're trying to balance, you know, schedules and all that. Talking a little bit and describe what comes along with this kind of experience. Well, I, you know, I wouldn't say every every experience is like ours, uh, but uh, I would say that you're exactly right on the busy side of it. it it's uh, it's really crazy, or it gets really crazy sometimes, especially for a kid like Trey, who was a top five draft pick, and you know, he's just got he's got a lot going on. He's got a lot of sponsors. He's got a lot of responsibilities outside of basketball that he has to take care of, and uh, you know, that's you know, that's a gift and a curse. You know, the gift is, you know, you have opportunities to be sponsored by a lot of, you know, uh, corporations that want to, you know, use you and uh, use your likeness and image to uh, sell their products. But you also you also have the responsibility of, uh, you know, signing autographs and making appearances and doing shows. And, you know, All-Star Weekend is just a perfect, perfect example of that because, you know, a lot of these sponsors want, you know, they want your time during All-Star Weekend and they, you know, they don't they don't necessarily care how much you have to do on the court. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's just a crazy time right now. I would imagine, man, 21 years old in the prime of his 
life and really just kind of getting that started, especially on the professional side and learning a lot about the business, not just about basketball, which is ultimately what a lot of people fall into love with uh, initially. Now, when exactly did you know or kind of feel that Trey would be an NBA player or an NBA all-star? Because it seems like I would only imagine that this stuff came about relatively quickly. Well, you never know when he's going to be an all-star until it actually happens. But, you know, as far as the NBA player, uh, I knew I started to see that he had a chance probably when he was in uh, the 10th grade, like in high school, 10th or 11th grade, whenever he he just started playing against the best players in the country at his age, you know, on the Nike circuit. You know, uh, during the summer, they have, they have this thing called the EYBL, which stands for Elite Youth Basketball League. And, uh, you know, for him to have that opportunity to play in that league and play against future NBA players and future All-Stars was just a confidence booster for him because he actually showed that he belonged. So, for me, just seeing that as a dad, seeing that at a young age, as a sophomore and junior in high school, you know, uh, I, I realized that he had a chance. But you never know for sure, like I said, but, um, you know, after after watching him a couple of summers playing against these other, you know, these other big time kids. Well, I'm so glad. I'm glad that you mentioned that um, because uh, you know I come across a lot of parents, specifically a lot of dads uh, and moms, for that matter, um, that have kids that are prospects themselves. What advice would you give other parents in similar situations to where you were regarding the recruiting process or the political, the, the politics involved? I mean, cause I was with you, dude, your phone's ringing off the hook and you know, you're making moves and doing this and doing that. There's a lot of business involved. What kind of advice would you give to a parent that was in a similar situation as you once were? Well, I would, I would just say, you know, just take your time. Don't be in a rush and, you know, just make sure, make sure your kid competes against the, you know, the so-called best, you know, just to see where he stands. And, you know, that's what I did. And I made a lot of mistakes along the way. And when I say mistakes, I, w- I would say when, when my son was a seventh and eighth grader, I was a, I was, I was more stressed than I needed to be, you know, thinking that as a seventh and eighth grader, I had to spend a ton of money and travel him across the country, you know, playing in these big time events. But uh, as Trey got older and I got older, I realized that, you know, a lot of this stuff really doesn't matter until these kids get in high school and, you know, they get closer to their sophomore and junior years where, you know, now you have kids that have fully developed, you know, they've already passed puberty and they've, they, you know, they've grown and they, you know, you know, they're in that young adulthood state. So I see a lot of parents that, you know, they have kids that are in fourth and fifth and sixth grade that they're just stressing, you know, they're stressing way too early about how good their kid is, if he's going to be an NBA player or not. So, so for me, you know, I, I like to, you know, let people know all the mistakes I made and then also, you know, let them know the successes that I've had too so they can, you know, pick and choose. And speaking of, you know, success, um, you know, did, did you really kind of expect for Trey's success to, to kind of come this early? Because, I mean, the reality is, is, I mean, this dude is like the face of this NBA franchise being the Atlanta Hawks. You know, he's kind of got a, in a roundabout way, I'm not really sure how to dress it up really nice, but he's got the keys to the, to, to the city. Did you expect for that kind of success to come along this early, and how difficult was it to kind of, has it been, if any at all, to kind of keep him humble and keep him modest and, and, uh, and I guess kind of, you know, 
also finding a balance to where you're expressing to him how important it is for him to still remain a kid because life is coming at him so fast. Well, no, uh, I don't know if you can really, really uh, expect any of this. All you can do is just uh, have faith in your in your work ethic and just and just keep putting in the work and hope hope and pray for the best. You know, we're a, we're a very uh, close family and religious family, and and we feel that as long as we're doing things right and living right, that you know, good things are going to happen. So, uh, I would I would never say that I expected this. Uh, but I, I would say that I've always hoped and dreamed and dream dream for it or dreamt for it because I know that Trey's worked hard and we've as a family we've made sacrifices, you know, to get to this point. So when you when you do those two things, work hard and sacrifice, you know, whenever the success comes, then you you know, you just feel that much better about it. Now most people have seen Trey over the course of the last year and a half or so on the NBA level, obviously. Uh and that's when a ton of more people start taking note, but even on the college level where, you know, where, where there was like live breaking game, you know, live breaking highlights on NBA games and all those kinds of things. But you've seen more than anybody have seen. Is there anything that Trey has really uh, done? Like what is the most impressive thing that you've seen him do on any level? Is there anything that kind of surprises you when you watch him? Because it seems like he, as, he, as he keeps growing uh, as a as a person and consistently as a basketball player, there's times it's like, dang, is there anything that this kid can't do? Is there anything that has kind of taken you by surprise in any kind of way to say, man, I didn't know that he kind of had this in his bag? Uh, I wouldn't say. I would say, uh, as far as on the basketball on the basketball court, I wouldn't say anything surprises me because I've seen how hard he works, and we we spent a lot of time in the gym over the years you know, um, doing these same things like, you know, predicting, you know, the shot clock running down and you're making a certain move or, uh, you know, working on certain passes. So I, I've, I've pretty much seen that his whole life. You know, I'm his dad. I, you know, I've watched him and I've taught him, you know, about going between guys' legs whenever, you know, there's nowhere else to go, just throw between their legs and, you know, pull for a deep three or shoot the floater. So none of that surprises me. But the thing that does surprise me, I'll say, is off the court. Uh, how he's handled himself and how he's handled the media and how he's handled the scrutiny and and just you know all the all the criticism and all the uh, you know all the praise because I think for someone at that age I know when I was that age I would you know I would be going crazy you know I'd be going crazy if people you know were saying negative things about me or didn't 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 feel a certain way about me because I'm just a kid that loves to play basketball so. So for me, nothing on the court has really surprised me because I know my son and I know how great he can be. But uh, it has surprised me how how well he's been off the court and how he's handled everything. Well, now we know that the nutmeg has come from dad. <laughs> uh, now, now we kind of know because a lot of people are like, where are you getting that from? You know, but 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 now we know. Um, and just a couple, just probably one or two more, two more questions, two or three more questions here for you. Um, you're listening to Tate's Take, the podcast, of course, where basketball lives. Any and every single thing, high school, college, professional basketball uh, that you can find around. Um, speaking with Rayford Young, Trey Young's dad, uh, guard for the Atlanta Hawks, when do you recall was Trey's biggest, whether it be life lesson or basketball lesson, just any lesson in general, where he may have struggled or failed and you kind of had to groom him, bring him back around full circle, and then he learned from it so that he could ultimately turn the corner? 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know that if there's particularly one thing. Uh, you know, that's a pretty tough question. That's, that's a good question. But I think uh, the way I would answer that is, you know, that's why I'm around. I mean, if anybody knows me, they see that I'm around a lot. I mean, I'm at every home game. Mm-hmm. I'm at I'm at most of the road games. And the reason for that is is because my son is so young and he's in this he's in this new world now and uh I do have a I mean there is an aspect of life where I kind of you know step away and I'm I'm not around him as much anymore but uh I think when it comes to things that you know he he may not have succeeded you know I, I would say his first year with the Hawks just just losing a lot of games and and not shooting well. I mean, he was shooting 18% at one point from the three-point line, and that's that's been my son's biggest strength his whole life is shooting shooting three-pointers. So, uh, <clears throat> I think I think for me, just being around him, being in that hotel the night before a game, or going to dinner and just talking to him about, you know, son, it's just basketball. I mean, it's not it's not the end of the world. Just you know, do what you've been doing your whole life. You know, shoot it the way you've always shot the ball you know, dribble and pass it the way you've always passed the ball. And, you know, it really sounds simple, but, it, uh, you know, that's just what it is. And and that would be the way I, I, would, I would answer that question. I wouldn't say there there would be one thing in particular. I think it's it's always – it always comes to comes down to something like that, like losing games or him not playing, playing well and just us having those conversations. Ray for Young, appreciate you for your time, man, for joining me here on the Takes Take podcast. Really appreciate it. Got some other stuff that I want to get into with you. We'll have to maybe have a continuation portion at some point. Hopefully talk a little bit about Timothy a little bit, your other son, and uh, maybe a couple yeah. other things. Uh, so really appreciate uh, everything from over the weekend as well as you coming on here with us on the Takes Take podcast where basketball lives. No problem. Thanks for having me. And uh, anytime, anytime you need anything, you know how to get in contact. And Ray for Young, everybody, really appreciate you. Thank you much. And we're back. Really appreciate Rayford Young for joining us here on the podcast today. Um, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, opinions, suggestions, whatever the case may be, I like to think that it was very informational and uh, educational a little bit. And though we didn't get a chance to dive into everything that we would have liked to, I think that it was certainly of some significance for somebody that it can be used for. So I hope you guys all really enjoyed it. And feel free to uh, share this podcast along with friends, family, colleagues, people you know, people you don't know, um, you know, associates, whatever the case may be. uh, Available and accessible anywhere you find podcasts, Red Circle, Apple Podcasts, um, uh, 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 Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify, the whole nine, anywhere you find it, you can find it there. And I know last week I gave you guys a little bit of uh, my take on some Final Four teams. So if you missed that, feel free to go back and check out last week's podcast. I think that you'll really enjoy that. So don't say I ain't do nothing for you. We call that the free space on the Tate's Take bingo card. So I want all my people out there to, um, you know, to know that I'm overly appreciative, overly grateful and thankful for everybody that has uh, checked in with us and let somebody know to make sure that they subscribe. It's free, people. It's free. Can any get any better than that? The four-letter F word. Not that one, but the other four-letter F word. You know what I'm talking about. Free, free, free. Be sure to subscribe to Tate's Take the Podcast. We do nothing but 110% all basketball-based content, the high school level, the collegiate level, 
pro, NBA, international, you name it, bitty basketball, we're going to talk about it. YMCA, let's do it. Sign me up. So I appreciate everybody uh, for chiming in. Uh, remember, at Tate's Take Hoops on the Twitter as well as on the IG, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. And uh didn't think I had an opportunity to throw this in there, but Rayford Young's uh, Twitter handle as well, at Rayford Young. That is uh, at R-A-Y-F-O-R-D-Y-O-U-N-G. So I appreciate everybody for having the opportunity to check in. And here's some of that, and hopefully that is directing some people in the right direction. And we learned a little, some little backstory about Trey Young, who's one of the more up-and-coming NBA superstars, developing relatively rapidly, to say the least. Uh, If not nothing else, everybody, please remember to have a very uh, safe and productive hump day. And uh, to also keep in mind that uh, that somebody cannot help everybody, but everybody can help somebody. So let's just try and continue to feed off of that great energy. And until next time, Tate's Take the Podcast. I think that's going to do it for us on this particular episode. Be good, everybody.